there's a lot of people that are able to voice, hey, these are the changes I want to make. It could be fitness, it could be job, family, you name it. Changes are out there, they want to be made. But how bad do you really want to see that change? So today we talked to Blake Prime. Now Blake and I know each other forever. We went to college together and played ball at UAB. And for the last 17 years, he has helped run a gym here in Birmingham called Godspeed, where they focus on the adult and creating the ultimate adult and strength and conditioning. It's a wonderful gym. I've been there multiple times myself. But we're going through Blake's journey of college into owning this gym, into coming from ownership, out of ownership, but staying at the same place. Now what his next step are with him and his beautiful wife, Whitney, and his three kids. So I know you're going to enjoy talking to Blake. All right, Blake, thanks so much for joining us today. So a little bit of the background with Blake and I is Blake is a Hoover guy, played at Hoover, and then Blake and I were first introduced at UAB. So Blake and I played together at UAB. He played uh, defensive back when I played quarterback. And I think there was probably two or three years of bleed where, like, we were both there at the same time. I'm a little older than you. How old are you? I'm 40. 40. So I'm 43. So there's about two years of, yep. of overlap there. So Blake – uh, man, I'm glad to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here, Tom. It's always yeah. a pleasure to catch up. Um, okay, so the first question I always like to ask people is, who are you, what do you do, and why does it matter? Okay, so we got a little bit of time. I can get into yeah. this, right? So well, my name is Blake Prime, yeah. like you said. You know, grew up in Hoover, uh, born and raised here. Uh, went to Hoover High School, mm-hmm. UAB, right. you know, go Blazers. That's um, right. Ended up getting married and then we started. Um, I got, so Whitney is my wife, got mm-hmm. three kids, 12, 10, and 8. Colt's my oldest son. I've got Bryce is my 10-year-old daughter, and then Lane is my youngest daughter. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, just like you, super busy, right? But well, just a lot going on. A I mean, lot going on. I mean, how many, are, are they all playing sports? So, Colt is heavily involved in travel baseball. I play for a team out of Tennessee, so we're there every weekend. Oh, wow. um, Bryce, my middle child, she's kind of my eclectic one. You know, she's my artsy one. Yeah, she's, sure. Yeah, she's. I got one like that. Yeah, so she yeah. does singing, mm-hmm. piano, chess, right. uh, tennis lessons, and then my youngest is, you know, the youngest is always the wild child. She's, you know, gymnastics, cheer, dance, you name it. She's gotcha. got a hand in it, you know. Well, so good. We're busy, but yeah. it's good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back to a little bit about me. For the last 17 years, I've been with Godspeed. So it's a training facility locally here in Hoover and then mm-hmm. also in Huntsville. Yep. Uh, my best friend in life, Lance Rhodes, who you know from UAB yep. as well. Very well. Um, yep. We started in his parents' basement 17 years yeah. ago with uh, you know, one of the, with a couple kids. You know, my, one sure. of them was my brother. He wasn't paying anything. You know? So it was just, we said, let's see where we can do. Um, we fell in love with just training um, athletes at that time. I had a passion for training adults. And so we kind of blended those two together. We were RPM at first, which is road yep. performance methods. I remember that, yep. Um, and then the, right at the end of 2009, the Lord intervened in Lance's life first and then very shortly after mine. Um, making a long story short, yeah. you know, we flipped um, our company over and became a facility that was something that we wanted to use to honor Christ and all that we mm-hmm. did, right? So we used the platform of training and, um, you know, Christ to merge, to transform people's lives. And so yeah. um, we became, we started a nonprofit at first called Godspeed Grace and then realized that Godspeed, even the name Godspeed means to wish someone well on a journey. And so that was in a sense, who we were. You know what? I did not know that. Yeah. So my kids asked me that the other day, and I did not know what that meant, and I didn't look it up. But wish someone well on their journey. Right. So That's great. I didn't know that. We loved being a part of that journey, right? And so that was who we was, so we changed our name. And then, you know, that happened, and we've just been, um, you know, pumping ever since. We have adults that we train. Mm -hmm. We have athletes that come on site. There's teams that we train all across the state, both in high school and the collegiate level. Um, we have a physical therapy component um, at both locations. There's two physical therapists that are just the best at what they right. do at both locations. Um, but that's been the last 17 years sure. of my life um, until the last couple of weeks where I had some major yeah. life changes. You know, some people ask me, if, is this your midlife crisis at 40? It's not. It's just maybe, maybe who knows, right? right. But um, Hold on. Before we do that, yeah. let's do this. Let's talk through. Let's go back because yeah. I want to hold people there Absolutely. for a little bit. So born here, raised here in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, always been involved in sports. Talk to me about um, growing up. Growing up in Hoover, yeah. what kind of childhood? Broken home, normal home? Give me uh, some background there. My childhood, I like to tell people, was you know your typical oh, hardworking parents. Yeah. Um, we started with 
not very much, yeah. you know, sharing an apartment with a cousin, you know, um, smaller homes, not much income coming in. And then my parents slowly but steadily climbed the corporate ladder mm. pretty fast, yeah. um, became very successful. Both were in the banking world. My mom okay. worked for, you know, the AmSouths, oh, yeah. Compass Banks, which has transitioned into uh, BBVA and yeah. PNC. Uh, my dad is, he worked with uh, Federal Reserve Bank for his entire career. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, they climbed very well, and they did all they could to provide sure. anything that I ever need. I've got a younger brother who's seven years younger than me, mm -hmm. so we grew up very well. Um, moved out to the Greystone area in 280 when I was about seventh grade, so okay. I mean, that's when I officially moved into the Hoover School System. Sure. was kind of the Oak Mountain. Now, were, are you were Oak Mountain before I that? Was Inverness Oak Mountain. Inverness, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, actually went to Oak Mountain in sixth grade, transitioned to what? Oh, I didn't know that. Berry Middle School, which yeah. is the old Berry High School on Columbiana, yeah. in seventh grade. Okay. Right? So... Um, and you know, then ended up going at Hoover, three sport athlete at Hoover, baseball, football, basketball, um, with obviously football being my sure. primary sport. Um, that's actually Relance, who I was talking about earlier. We became best friends in ninth grade. It was really, I guess, the end of our eighth grade year. We yeah. came together. I was a quarterback for middle school team. He was a quarterback for a middle school team. Right. They're like, y'all are going to hate each other. No, we're not. And uh, <laughs> we ended up becoming best friends. That's great. So it was a good story, yeah. Good. Okay, so talking about raised, being raised, mm -hmm. so I know your journey more than other people. So let's talk about getting to college, going to UAB. Mm -hmm. So most, some, you have two groups of people. You have one, like myself, that from the time I was five, I knew what I wanted to do. Right. Then you got some that get to college and still have no clue. Right. Talk to me about what, when you were in that high school, college age, what did you want to be when you grow up? What was that thought process? Yeah, so my thought process was driven a lot by what was going to be ultimately defined from a worldly standard of success, right? My mm -hmm. mom had pushed me um, with all great intentions of, hey, what can you make of yourself that's going to ultimately define that, hey, you made it. So doctor, dentist, whatever that mm. may be. Um, I thought the dental field was 100% what I wanted to do. Okay. So UAB um, really being one of the only choices I had to go play football at sure. um, also had a really good dental school. So I thought it was a really good fit. I'm a Birmingham guy. So right. it was just really good. I could uh, be close to home. And so I spent the entire time I was at UAB with a biology major. Um, I had a, a minor in, you know, chemistry and business, exercise science. And so, um, thought that I wanted to be a dentist. And right. so, but unfortunately, you know, the demands of collegiate sports, oh, yeah. um, a lot of the stuff, things I had to do, the checklists I need to do that can be done early on. Um, I put off to the very end when we actually, I got done playing football. And so okay. it was actually a funny story. So realizing that I had a, a few opportunities left to do what I need to do to become a dentist really to even see if I wanted to be a dentist right and so my roommate Zach was a yeah. dentist was a dentist mm -hmm. biomedical engineering major yep all he did was study yep w one of my great friends but all he did was study yes. and I cannot wrap my mind around doing what he did yeah Especially playing ball. Absolutely. And one of the toughest things I did, we always joked around with some of our D coordinators, you know, Coach Bolt mm -hmm. at the same time, all the time. He used to say, Blake, you know, <laughs> you know so Coach good. Bolt. He used to joke around and say, I love having you on the team for a couple of reasons. One, so you can play, and two, so you can keep our GPA average up on the team, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Um, but, you know, I did a lot of studying. I spent a lot of time did you? when I was not in preparation for football. It was at the kitchen table studying for biology because as I got further along in school, it just got harder. Now, did you – okay, so everybody has an honest opinion about their intellect. Where did you – because you went to Hoover High School. Mm -hmm. Hoover High mm -hmm. School is a very demanding high school. Sure. Always has been, always will be for the most part. Right. For the most part. Do you feel like you were in that above-average intellect or did, are you the guy that had to work hard? I think it was a mixture of both. Yeah, sure. I've always made really good grades. I had a okay. 4.0 in high school. Gotcha. Not a 4-0 at UAB. Not a 4-0. So, gotcha. <laughs> right. But I did okay. – I say all that. It wasn't that I just showed up to test day and took a test. You worked hard, too. I, I worked hard as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, after my senior year, we got done playing, and then I realized, hey, I need to go do what I was supposed to do my freshman year and shadow a dentist. So I scheduled some times to go shadow. You had not done that I had not done all. it yet, right? So smart guy over here. One thing I didn't plan on was, you know, showing up. I just assumed that I was going to walk in and just – yeah, that's what I want to do, right? Teeth. So, unfortunately, that's what I saw the first day I walked in. I'd been there for five minutes, Thomas, and he was – there was a lady in the chair. She's getting her teeth grinded down for some kind of veneer, whatever she was getting done, and I almost got sick right there on the Are spot. Are you freaking kidding me? Two minutes in there. I'd been – I was supposed to be with this dentist for a week, and I was two minutes there, and I said, time out. I can't do this. And he said, what do you mean you can't do this? 
you want to be a dentist. You're in your senior year. You're about to go sit for the DAT. Blake. And I said, well, can't do it. I'm looking in the human mouth physically makes me ill. And so. Okay. So here's the lesson for everybody listening out there. <laughs> if you have a human in your house that wants to be a dentist, that wants to be a doctor. Absolutely. That wants to be something that involves blood or something that's abnormal for the day to day. They need to go really quickly. 100%. I almost would apply that to anything. Whatever you want to do, if you know early on, if you have a plan that you're starting your freshman year of college, go experience it. Or even like At late in high school. school. Sure. Yeah, there's so many th- career paths you can choose that you can get an exposure to. So do that. Blake. So you can fall in love with I that. did not know the story, you know, This and, is crazy. Yeah. So I walked away and I made that awkward call to my mom on the way home that was like, yo. Was that hard? Very hard. Very difficult. Do you feel like you were uh, letting her down? A hundred percent. And here's the kicker, because on top of that, I had been working with Lance a little bit with some athletes and was falling in love with that. And so I had to tell her, hey, I'm not going to be a dentist, but I'm going to go be a I'm trainer. Gonna go train I'm going to go train kids. And so I was worried that she was like, you're going from the top of the ladder to the bottom of the ladder. And um, fortunately, support was there. Sure. Um, and obviously, you can see what it turned into. So it ended yeah. up being a very... God-driven moment. Yeah. Looking back on it, um, I didn't really know God at the time. But That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So let's transition there. So talk to me about your relationship with Jesus because yeah. where was the relationship with Jesus in this process? Because I don't remember you being a hellraiser per se in college. No, I didn't really do much outside of football and studying in, in studying. college. Wow. A few parties here and there, but it wasn't my scene. I also wasn't the guy that was showing up to all the FCA events either. Sure. Um, grew up Catholic. Um, and I so that, that was right. a big part of who I was at that time. But I wasn't a very big church guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to church. I wasn't involved with on-campus ministries. Though. No. Uh, yeah. Neither one of us really were at that time. I carried that kind of mentality into even into the you know, college and then beyond. I had a very hypocritical view of Christianity. Really? Saw a lot of guys that claimed to love Jesus sure. and know Jesus acted one way, and then I saw them out acting another way, and I put two and two together and was like, that's not me. That's not what I want. And that's not, that's not what I would consider a Christian. If that is a Christian, I don't want any part of it. Yeah, right? sure. And so that was my mentality. It was a very me-driven mentality. Yeah. You know, it was all me-focused, me-centered, and I carried that beyond college into my marriage until – the Lord got a hold of me and transformed now, my life. Now, when did that happen? So, so like, you graduate 22-ish. When did, when did you meet Witt? Did you meet Witt in college? So, Witt and I actually went to high school together. That's right, okay. Same circle of friends, just really, you know, Hoover. We've got yeah, 800 yeah, yeah. in our graduating class. So, you really know 50. Didn't really talk. Right, yeah. exactly. Lance actually set us up our freshman year at UAB. So, 2001. Okay. In the, uh, January 2001. Okay. So, we dated for, God, forever, and then we got yeah. married in 2007, and, you know, the rest is history. Sure. But we, it was in, into 2009, you know, so we'd been married for a couple of years. Both of us really didn't have a relationship with Christ. You know, if you would have wow. asked me if I was a Christian, 100%, right? Yeah. All my life it was. You're in the if South. you love Jesus, yeah. then you want to go to heaven, sure. then you just say you're a Christian and you're in, right? If right. not, your only other option is you're going to hell. Yeah. It's like, that's a no-brainer, that. right? Yeah. I want to go to heaven. But, right. you know, the, the me-centered focus was always, whatever Blake's plan is, we're going to do that. And that was the mentality I carried, even to our marriage, unfortunately. But the Lord, being you know the sovereign God that He is, you know, spoke to me, and He He spoke in a way that was hard at first because Whitney and I decided to have kids. She ended up getting pregnant. She lost the baby, and that was one of the most difficult things I've walked through. Sure. But also the thing that changed our lives forever mm. because I can remember this day just sitting down, being in the hallway of the house we were living in at the time, and just being on my knees, being like, God. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, how dare you do this to me? And he spoke to me in that moment and just said, Blake, let me show you what I've done for you. Yeah. And, you know, he told me to get back up and to go back in there and be the husband I needed to be to my wife who was also hurting. Wow. So we were saved, we were baptized, and our life has looked a lot different. Has it been easy? No, sure, but our no. life has been one that, you know, we are living to honor Christ in all that we do. And that's kind of been, that was, that switch was made then. And we just continued our walk up to this day. So 2009, Mm -hmm. you're working, you're, are you working with Lance at this time? We're doing Godspeed at this time. Absolutely. Okay. So there was a time when you were part owner. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how that transpired. 
it was just one of those things where the opportunity presented yeah. itself to where Lance and I had a partnership because we were best friends. Sure. And he started, it was his dream, his vision. Lance was always the guy with RPM at first into Godspeed. And when it transitioned to Godspeed, it was, you know, he was the visionary. He was the, the guy that had all the, the future plans, could see it mm-hmm. all. Um, I was the guy that doubted it a little bit. But was like, I'm along for the ride. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I'll work. I got it. I'm yeah. going wor- to be your workhorse. We can get this done. Right. He presented me with the opportunity to come along and partner with him. I did. We were partners for several years before there was a tra- transition due to a bunch of business type things that just worked better for both sides. Yeah. Um, that allowed me to just go back to being working for Godspeed yeah. and Lance being just sole owner. Okay, so let's talk through this because mm-hmm. this is a large part of what we do here. Yeah is talk about the business aspect of what you guys did. Mm-hmm. So you had equity in the gym mm-hmm. and were the head coach. Correct. So, so equity meaning ownership, but then also getting a salary as far as like I'm the head coach. Right. So let's take everybody back. So there is a two-part com- two components to Godspeed. I've been there. It's a magnificent gym. Um, one of them is, and I hate to say it like this, a CrossFit-style Group fitness, group fitness, high intensity training mm-hmm. type of. We of like flow. to say that we are creating the top strength conditioning program for adults. There you go. Right. Okay. But if you walk in there, <laughs> correct, it's got a lot of CrossFit to it. Sure. Okay. But the difference is, is you see anything CrossFit on any kind of platform TV, whatever, it's shirts off, very little clothes. <laughs> The music's usually horrible. With right. this gym, they, the dudes, and I guess the guys and girls, keep their shirts on, mm-hmm. and the music's all Christian music. Right. Okay? So the environment is magnificent. There's also a component that is training athletes, mm-hmm. like specific athletes, whether it be high school, college, pro. There's a lot of pro guys that have trained there in the, in mm-hmm. the past year. For sure. But you also have that component. Mm-hmm. You ran the the mom and dad, the adult right. fitness portion, mm-hmm. fitness strength conditioning portion of it. So talk to me about the equity portion that you owned and then how that transitioned, how you like actually transitioned out of, hey, bro, I don't want to own this place anymore. I just want to work. Right. Tell me about that conversation about how that happened. It really was a seamless transition going in it and it became a seamless transition going away from it. I okay. was always the main face of coaching yeah. at Godspeed. At, at the beginning when it was just Lance and myself, I coached adults, I coached athletes, I coached teams. Okay. As we grew and grew and grew, even when I was part owner, um, it just was, I never, it really didn't change the operational model on the back end. Okay. Lance was always more of the guy on the back end. I was sure. always more of a face on the front end. Yeah. And so, as we grew and I stopped coaching athletes as much, yeah. I really poured into the fitness program and it was my job as being like the director of the fitness program. Okay. So anything from cultivating, creating relationships with the, with the adults, training staff on how to you know, coach the fitness population, writing the workouts for the fitness group and you know just selling all of that kind of stuff you know if it was godspeed i became like the brand ambassador for godspeed lance maintained his role behind the scenes and even when i transitioned away from being a partner from an equity sense the roles and responsibilities never really changed when you became an owner Mm -hmm. did you have to fit purchase with actual dollars any ownership yes yes you did so you paid the dollars Mm -hmm. When you transitioned out of ownership, did, did Lance, quote, buy you out and pay you back? Yes. Okay, great. Yep. So you went to being back to being an employee. Mm-hmm. Why did you like that better? I think from a standpoint of a little bit of freedom. You know, there was a, some questions where Lance and I were walking through some things. Where like, Maybe this will be better for where the company is now, where it's going to go in the future, for family circumstances there's a whole lot of back-end stuff that um was there but me stepping back looking back on it now especially where i'm at right now in this moment it was just another god thing because he allowed me to have an easier way to make what would be a difficult transition a little more smooth at this time in my life Mm -hmm. being an owner right now there's a lot of more hurdles and hoops to jump through if i was going to say hey I need to step away and do something different. You know, the fact that I wasn't an owner, 
decision was still very difficult, but allowed me a smoother exit, right? Yeah. So the process of buying in, being bought out, being a partner, it was it was really smooth. You know, Lance yeah. did a, a great job facilitating that, and it never once affected our relationship. Did anybody in the gym know? I don't think so. That's awesome. Mm. That's great. Because normally when someone moves out of ownership, they kind of hang around for a little bit, then, you know, right. see ya. Um, so talk to me about, I have this question for gym owners. Did you do all the programming at the gym? For the fitness side, yes. Okay, even up until recently when you exited. Why do you not hire that out? Why did you feel led? This is very technical, so this is not going to hit hardly anybody out there. But why did, because I love asking this question, why did you feel like it was important that you did the programming? When I say programming, for all of those you don't know, programming is actually writing the workouts Mm -hmm. for the five or six days a week that y'all have class. So why did you feel that was necessary? I think there's something beautiful about the process of how the body works. And that's something that Lance and I've always been, you know, fascinated with. Mm -hmm. Understanding how you can take something from point A, apply change, watch it, the body adapt, grow, whatever it may be, and get better. And, you know, that allowed us to, over the years, create different formulations of the product that ultimately works. You know, in the fitness industry, there's nobody that's creating anything out there anymore. Everybody's just trying to, they've experimented with stuff, they've read what might work, they understand the science behind what does work. And they just, you know, pull from a lot of different things. And over the years, we've had a bunch of trial and error about, you know, what we feel really works. And so one thing that we like to do at Godspeed was try to create a product that was obviously fun because people want to have a good time when they're working out. Yeah. It's got to be challenging. You know, yep. they don't, everybody wants to come in and be challenged a little bit. But it, um, more importantly to us, it's got to be backed by science. We know that it works. We know this is the process that's going on. That's, mm. And it, it, there's a why to the, you know, what we're doing. And so it's not just random. It's not just made up. It's so not you just never tried any other programming. No. Wow. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, we took a lot of pride in that. We had a lot of people that came from other gyms that were asking to do, you know, we want to do an open gym because we want to do our own strength or we want to do our own conditioning. And we took pride in the fact that once they figured out what our program was about, and it was, that, like I said, it was a true strength and conditioning mm-hmm. program for adults. It's not just a random workout that, you know, anybody can write a hard workout, but there's a reason behind why we were doing what we were doing. And they saw, hey, I'm getting stronger. I'm working on my fitness. I've got nutrition involved. Now we've got physical therapists involved. I've got the entire, you know, gamut of fitness and health and wellness. All in at, one place. All in one place. And yeah. so that's one thing that we took a lot of pride in. So as we get older, so I'm 43, you're 40. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's a little bit rare, and if we took a poll, let's just took a poll and looked and saw the people that we played ball with in college. Sure. And then you took a poll and looked at all the people that you went to high school with mm-hmm. or the ones in your circle. And then right. I did the same thing. I, the thing that's the, the anomaly, and I don't feel bad saying this at all. The thing that's an anomaly is we've both stayed in exceptional shape. Mm-hmm. You are probably one of my friends from college that has stayed in the, the best shape of anybody. Um, I know the answers, but I love getting people's yeah. opinions. So what has been the key? Now, here's the thing. You've got a little bit of a cheat code because you've trained people for the last 20 years. So what's been the key to staying in shape? And I don't want the, like, the magazine answer. Like, I yeah. want the, like, the, what you really feel like in your soul is the key to staying in shape at 40. I think everybody's got to figure out what it is that they really want. There's a lot of people that are able to voice, hey, these are the changes I want to make. It could be fitness. It could be job, family, you name it. Sure. Changes are out there. They want to be made. But how bad do you really want to see that change? Okay. If it means enough to you, you will put the effort in. And then once you can find something that works for you and truly fall in love with the process, that's the difference. Because anybody can suffer through a... 75 day challenge, a two month challenge, and then fall right back off and go where they were and just say, you know what? There's an end date because 75 days, I'm done. Yeah. There's a difference that you have today. Say, hey, I realize the changes that are being made and I love it. And I look forward to waking up tomorrow so I can see what else I can achieve. Mm -hmm. So those that want to climb the business corporate ladder, they go out there and they get the job done. Mm -hmm. Those that want to take their health and wellness and make it a priority in their lives, that's corny as it sounds. Find out what their why is. You know, what is, how valuable is it? And when you look at your 
your kids or your wife and you realize that one day you're going to be a grandfather, do oh, yeah. you want to be the grandfather that can actually get out there and be active mm-hmm. and realize that if I'm going to do that, then it I've got starts. To, it starts now. Yeah. Or and there, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So there's a, a point at which you kind of have to make a decision. And for me, I remember in 2010, you know, Godspeed, 2008, excuse me, Godspeed had already been started for a couple of years. I was tagging a photo by my sister-in-law on Facebook. This is coming off of UAB. Lance and I were competing in weightlifting, so I was a little bit thicker. You know, I'm 180 pounds right now. I was about 210 at this point. And I saw a picture that I was tagged in of on a beach trip, and I said, whoa. Whoa. Lance, I'm kind of thick. Who's that? I said, man, is that – that's what – how are you not going to tell me I look like that, right? And – not that I was out of shape. I was strong. I just, sure. I didn't, I didn't look fit. I didn't look healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I said, it starts now. And some people have that mindset. So in 2008, 2008, I said, today I'm going to start. And it was really a nutritional thing at that point because exercise had been a part of my life forever. But I knew that nutrition and training had to become one. Okay. So this is a great transition. Great sure. segue. Talk to me about food. So between the two of us, mm-hmm. we've probably done an experimented everything with everything absolutely it's part of my job yeah it's part of your job exactly so tell me about where you've landed at 40 because i even still i'm gonna be honest with you i still tweak and mm-hmm. twist today yep talk to me about where you are from a diet standpoint and like your thoughts of where you need to be from a food standpoint i think the cliche answer about consistency that everybody wants to throw at anything is there. And that is what has helped me be successful over the years is how consistent I've been able to be. I'm not, I I would consider myself the anomaly when I say that I haven't had pizza in 10 years. I'm being honest. I really haven't. Yeah. Um, in, In that moment in 2008, when I said I'm, I'm switching and not going back, I've just got that type A personality that just streamlines and I'm not going back now for the, for, for everybody. It doesn't matter what trend you're on. Some people love high protein, low carb, keto, whatever it may be. The more consistent you can be, and I'm not talking about for a couple weeks or a couple months. I'm talking about long-term consistency. You're looking at years, multiple years, right? Um, That's where you can ultimately see success. What I do advocate for anybody out there, prioritize protein. Okay. So lots lots of protein and then have more whole balanced food choices, right? So when you look at your plate, is it clean food choices, processed? What does clean mean? Because people don't understand what clean, I do, but people don't understand when when they say clean, what does clean mean? So I would think more whole food, single ingredient foods. Yes, single ingredient, real food. Real food, right? Things that's not processed. If your eight-year-old can't read it, <laughs> exactly. don't eat it. I mean, I'm big. Look at the ingredient list. If there's yeah. 6,000 ingredients, probably want to stay away from it. If there's yeah. one to three, great. I love prioritizing meals that are three to five ingredients in total. Sure. So it makes me feel good, see results with it. And it's something that you can be successful with, and you can find different palates that work for you. It's not just bland chicken and vegetables. It's just consistency. It allows you the opportunity to have freedom with your food choices. You just have to be consistent in what you're doing. It's not a Monday through Friday, straight and narrow, and then Saturday, you Sunday. You find, it doesn't work. No. I tell people that, and you probably disagree with this a little bit, for the general population, you can't do five on, two off. No. You can't really do six on, one off. Mm. I tell people that have to have that that end game goal, I say take one meal a week and eat whatever you want. One meal a week. Whether sure. it be Saturday night, watching a game, whatever. And that seems to be pretty consistent. Yeah. I'm, I, talk to me about where you stand on like desserts and things like that, like cookies and cake and birthday parties and ice cream. I like ice cream. Me too. I'm going to go to Jenny's. Absolutely. I'm going to Jenny's on Wednesday night because <laughs> it's date night. And I think forever for me, that's been my advice. I'm a sweet guy. Sweet guy. I am okay. ice cream, cake. I'm a firm believer that a restaurant should not ever offer chocolate cake if ice cream doesn't come along with it. There you go. You're one like of those that. guys, right? So, <laughs> right. Um, so where, do you, where do you land there? I think if you can work it in. Where do you land there? Not, me? Not okay. general. Where do you land there? I have no problem with it. Unfortunately for me, I've eaten so clean for so long that I have a little more leniency. Sure. I, I can get away with a little bit more honestly Absolutely. than the average person can. So I have no problem 
with ice cream once a week for me. And when I, but I'm like you, when I go to ice cream, we're not going to just get a, something to the house. I'm going to yeah. go to a shop. I'm getting a, a super yeah. five, six scoops with hot fudge, brownies, Absolutely. M&Ms. It's got to be, I'm going to blow it out. Correct. Um, for the average person, I think portion size is big. You know, if you know you're a yeah. sweet tooth guy and you, you love ice cream, then don't just take that completely away. Yeah. Find some way one day a week or so work yeah. it in, in your plan and just don't go overboard with it. You know, excess is, is what we need to stay away from. Talk to me about this. So we have kids the same age, and I love asking parents this question. Talk to me about your kids. Where do you land on, you and Wit, where do y'all land on eating and your kids? Because this is a hard topic. So hard. Because you don't want to make them robots, but you don't want to make them to where they dread, or that when they get away from you, they just go, ape and they just eat everything um like my kids i don't know that my kids have ever had coke right that sounds crazy but i i also have a little bit of the fear that when they go to college (laughs) right they but they don't do it when they get away when they go to camp or when they go to so they don't do it so tell me where you are with your kids i wish i could sit up here and say that yeah I'm 100% dialed into making them compliant just like i am i'm really not i'm i believe in letting them, you know, be kids still, yeah. right? But also I don't want to, my fear is what you just kind of hinted on is creating this monster once they get away from dad and mom that, yeah. you know, just goes crazy and eats whatever they want. Now, do we have junk foods, excess things like that in the house? We do. Um, I try to make sure that that's not all they do. Like we are very on them about making good choices. Yeah. I don't do a great job. And, it, you know, you've got daughters too. Like, it's tough because Man, I, do, I do not want to give them, you know, image complex or start making them feel like they've got to eat a certain way to, to look a certain way. You know, no. my, you've got to approach it from how your body feels, you know, things that are going to make us perform well in school, in our sports, things like that. My kids, it's so funny. So my kids recognize it. Mm-hmm. My seven-year-old the other night, she did not go to sleep well. And... We do not, we don't do soda, but like Labor Day, I think it was Labor Day. Mm-hmm. We had everybody over and someone brought sweet tea. And she goes, she's sitting up at like at 9 45 or 10 o'clock and she just couldn't go to sleep. She's laying there with me or Jack, I think it was Jackie. And she goes, Mommy, I know what my problem is. <laughs> and I go, she goes, What was? She says, I drank sweet tea. That's it. And she's right. So if they're not sensitive to that. Sure. So have you read, and I'm going to try, I'm going to stay with food. Have you read Glucose Revolution? I've not. Okay. So let's go through that because I think it's something that's, because her thought process, this girl's really wise. It's worth reading and worth looking at. Um, So she talks about your rising glucose levels and how that is the bane of our inflammation in our bodies. Mm -hmm. It is the thing that's hurting us. Because you can only get so many glucose spikes. Right. She talks about a lot of the order in which you eat. Hmm. Explain. Okay. So she said that when you have an empty stomach and you eat, she always talks about eating vegetables first. Hmm. She said because vegetables have fiber. And when you have an empty gut, the fiber puts like a coating or a shield she talks about Hmm. in your gut and in your intestines and what that does is it keeps the things that you eat next from absorbing as quickly so Hmm. she says go vegetables go protein and then starches Hmm. and then obviously dessert on the back end but what she says is is that it prevents the glucose from spiking as much. So if gotcha. you ate the same meal, but you ate vegetables first, if you ate vegetables last, or you ate the, the rice or the potatoes first, your glucose would go to here mm. and then back down. But she says, when you do the vegetables first, the fiber coats your insides and prevents a, as less of a spike because you've got your, your, your glucose is running, but it's right. not running as a high rate. It goes like this. Mm. It's absolutely fascinating. Sure. And it's not only to look better naked, it's more of longevity, yeah. which is what I feel like, you know, mine has changed. Sure. My thought process on fitness has totally changed. So we both love the weight room going in college. Mm-hmm. I transitioned and so did you to the fitness competition. Yep. 
both huge into CrossFit. I mean, we probably spent eight or 10 years competing at extremely high levels. And so for a long time, it was how much could I lift, how fast could I get the workout done, and how fast could I transition to doing it again? That was the three things. That's the goal. And so we had goals for about eight or 10 years for a long time like that. Well, I transitioned out of the handstand push-ups and muscle-ups and things like that because I knew that when I did those, I hurt the next day. Right. My thoughts have been what you've already alluded to is my goal is to teach my son or my daughter how to throw a football, how to ride a bike, how to do whatever. Can I coach my grandkids' football teams? Can I coach their basketball teams? Can I do whatever it is I want to do up into my 80s and 90s and lord knows what technology right. would be like at that, that point so that's where been where my thought process has gone and through that i've had changes in thought process on a couple things number one i've always i've been like you've always ate pretty clean so talk to me about alcohol so alcohol is a hot topic right now so a lot of people drink casually a lot of people drink too much mm-hmm. there's a sect of people out there bro that are talking like not drinking at all Right. Where do you stand on that as far as like, whether it be a moral thing, a physical thing, where do you stand on like you with your family and drinking? So myself, I don't touch alcohol. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a, a sip of alcohol and I can't even remember the last time I did. Gotcha. And it's really not, there's no reason alcohol socially, people can obviously get along fine with sure. it. Um, now you do need to realize that alcohol in its purest form is a still your body recognizes it as a poison right we do not need alcohol in our system then you go into the excess thing i talked about a minute ago in excess like anything alcohol is really bad sure um i do believe there's a way that you can work it in but you just have to be mindful of how you do it yeah. um you can account for you can track it in and count for your calories if you're that strong but I think it just comes into if you know that you enjoy having a drink with your friends, you can do that. Myself, I don't drink. I don't want to ever put myself in a situation where my judgment or whatever it may be may be clouded and I have to make a decision in front of my parent or in front of my family or they see their parents acting yeah. in a certain way. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, just more of a moral standpoint with me. I don't have anything in here, like I said, wrong with anybody who has a drink. Correct. It's just can you have one and be okay? Can you avoid the excess alcohol that most people cannot avoid? I just, we've never been drinkers. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my first drink till I was 38. Right. And, but I sit there, the more work and studying I've done, man, it's bad for your body. Absolutely. So everything I've read and, and listened to and watched is where when alcohol enters your system, your body says, hey, I got to get this out of here. So all the other systems in our body kind of just go on hiatus until we process that out. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. Yeah. Because you negate all the good decisions you made, whether it be from eating or from exercise or whatever, you negate all that stuff when you do it. And so it's just, I've just all the stuff that I've read has been pretty pretty bad yeah then you compile that with what happens you know from a cognitive standpoint to where you don't care about anything that's you've worked so hard for or something that's coming up because the alcohol is impairing your judgment your judgment right and then before long you've really blown it so talk to me about the let's talk about trends so Mm -hmm. one of the things that's been really big and i've been on it the probably past year is talk about the the whole hot cold therapy and where you where you stand with like Cold plunge, sauna, hot this, cold that. Where, where, give me some thoughts there. Do you believe in that stuff or do you think it's a, it's a trend? It's, it is a trend. I would say that it's very trendy. Now, myself, I've never experimented with the hot, cold. You know, It's been since college that I've done like a yeah. hot, hot, cold tub. But I think that you've got to find what works for you mentally sure. and physically. Get you going in the mornings or get you going, even if it's a placebo effect. There's a lot of things that work for people. Oh, sure. Because they believe it works. It's why the, it's why people get stronger when they take protein powder. Exactly, right? So Because I bought this. It cost me $75. Right, so I'm going to take it. And, and I'm going to take it. That's the reason I got strong. And I'm going to train harder because <laughs> right. I got to make this $75 <laughs> right. work. So I do believe that you know the cold tubs can help with some inflammation, can, you know, obviously... 
the reason people say I love waking up with a cold tub is because it shocks your system. I mean, it's not sure. that it's doing that two minute soak isn't really doing anything for deep muscle soreness in that moment. It's just so cold. It wakes you up. So you're like, sure. Oh, I'm up. But yeah. I think if it works for you, then you can go with it. There's been a ton of people, myself being one of them that has a lot of success and I don't do the cold, hot, hot cold tub. Sure. But at the same time, I've, that's when I flipped my mindset to what you were just talking about. Am I just trashing my body every day in my workouts, which the old Blake, the old Thomas, it was, if I didn't walk out of the gym feeling like I'd completely destroyed myself, it was a wasted training session. Absolutely. Right. And so now this shift in mindset for me is I want to look good, feel good and move well. Yeah. And so the intensity, and I mean both by weight intensity and the intensity at which I am going to that place, elevating, you know, yeah. we've all been able to that, to tap red line, red line. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. dark, right? I'm going to yeah. get there. And I'm going to stay there. Yeah. I don't enjoy that. No. And I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to be able to do something consistently every day. If I can give 60 to 90 minutes of exercise, 90 minutes is, is a ton. It's great. 60 nice. minutes is plenty. Yeah. If I can do that, then I, I can mentally and physically be happy with that day and go on and be productive. How many days a week do you train? I try to be active seven days a week, yeah, training in the gym six. Okay. So I'm the same way. So like I'll move every day. Mm -hmm. Got to move every day. I'll move every day, break a sweat every day. Like Saturday, it was a long day. I got up, I did a little bit of rowing and I did the sauna and I was done. Right. Um, but for the most part, I'm seven days as well. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about your kids and sports. What I know you talked about what they're doing now. You got a travel baseballer and you mm -hmm. got a dancer and you got a more eclectic kid. Let's talk about travel baseball. So you got you got a camp over here that thinks travel baseball is the devil, and you got a <laughs> camp over here that thinks travel baseball is the best thing since peanut butter. Right. Tell me. I know you guys are traveling. You got why? What? Tell me what your thoughts are there. Yeah, and I've probably even to this day have my one foot in that in one camp, one mm -hmm. foot in the other. I'm straddling that line hard. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where. Growing up, I was, or as my kids were growing up, I was the dad that was, I'm not going to be the travel ball dad. We're not doing this craziness. But then as you start seeing the development happen, right, you realize what they're getting at a certain place as opposed to another, just from a develop, from a coaching, from a competition sure. standpoint, because I don't care who you are. If you surround yourself with better individuals, yeah. whatever it may be, you're going to get better if you are constantly competing or learning from the best, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, then you can elevate whatever it is that you're trying to elevate. So from a kid's standpoint, when my son, we'll talk about baseball since that's the, that's the sport he's in, that's the question you're implying is, as he got older, he needed more of a challenge. And he's a good baseball player. I'm obviously biased, but – he needed more of a challenge, and he was getting that through more of this travel league as opposed to moving away from more of the rec league. Um, he's 14 no, he, 12. He's 12. 12. Yeah, so he's at a pretty uh, – a, a point in his life where – Sixth or seventh grade? He's in seventh grade. Okay. Right, so he plays travel baseball. He's just playing tackle football for the first time this year. Good for him. So that's cool. Um, but – I am allowing him to, you know, like I said, he's in Tennessee. So we spend our weekends driving to Nashville. Do you go to Nashville? Where mm -hmm. do y'all play? Perfect game? Uh, yeah, mixture. Yeah. A lot of perfect game stuff. They have Who's some, the club he works He's with, with the Knights organization. So okay. Knights, Knights Nashville out of t uh, Tennessee. And y'all go up there how, how many weekends a year? So he just started transitioning to that. He's been playing locally yeah. through 10, 11, and then midway through last season – he picked up with the Knights team out of Tennessee, fell in love with it. Great coaches, great organization. I said, Hey man, you make the decision. Obviously yeah. we are of the ability, your mother and I to support you. And sure. you've got grandparents. Now my parents, that my dad is like super granddad. He's like, you know what? If you can't load go, him up, I'll drive him. So that's like great. that's made it easy to where well, it too gives him time. Sure. It's compressed time for them together. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And, I said, you know, I'm all for it from uh, selfishly, so I don't have to be gone every weekend because I don't want to. And what I what you can run into is I have two other children, mm -hmm. right? so <laughs> two I can't, humans I'm <laughs> right, and a wife, yeah. so I can't make them feel like all of my attention, all my effort goes to Colt or my yeah. son. Right, so there's there's a balancing act, but I do. I love the competition he gets. I love the organization he's with. You know, they're going to be with him hopefully till he's 17, 18. He can go back when he's not at – fortunately makes the Hoover baseball team. That'd be great. 
I was going to ask that. Will he play middle school and high school baseball as well? So there's no middle school baseball in the Hoover system, which is why. What? I, no. There's no middle school baseball in any of the Hoover system. So Are that's, you kidding me? There's, there, and that's the main reason why I like to keep him in a competitive aspect. But you know what, though? I don't know if. There's not a lot that have it. In, I don't know if Trustful has Trustful does. Do they? Mm-hmm. They have a middle school baseball um, team? Almost 100%. Wow. Trustful does. I think well, Hoover's like Tom, one of the best systems in the state of Alabama. You don't Alabama. see it a lot in the over-the-mountain area. So I don't believe Vestavia, Mountain Brook. They don't have middle school baseball teams. middle school baseball teams. Because they know that the travel teams are taking care of it. There's that, and I do believe there's kind of a sense of wow. middle school baseball teams are really, from my experience, I can't speak for every school, are coached by – you know, teachers who can get a luxury stipend mm. to coach baseball. So they may not know a lot about baseball. And so I've had a lot of parents now that are Colts friends age that are have their kids, their schools have middle school baseball. And they talked about how two games in, they were like, no. Nah. No, we're, we're pulling out because my kid will actually regress if we stay in this system. And it's no fault of their own. It's just it's a program that there's not a lot of effort put into. Wow. So let's transition to talking about um, here recently you left being the head coach at Godspeed mm-hmm. and was all on great terms. Yeah. And what are you guys doing now? So obviously you're 40. you got a you know, great balance in life. What are you doing for work now? What's, where, are you, where are you guys transitioning? So my transition from Godspeed uh-huh. is only about three weeks old right now. Man. So oh, I'm man. three weeks removed. And I tell people that I took a leap of faith and, you know, short story – I left Godspeed on great terms. Yeah, um, it was one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made because 17 years of investment a was a long time, yeah. and my DNA was, is, and always will be Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I had poured everything I had into that, which was a reason why I needed to step away. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was telling me that, you know, as a man, my priority should obviously be my relationship with the Lord. Yep. And then my next priority is my wife and my kids, and then everything else fleshes out horizontally from that. And for so long, it was, hey, God, I'm giving you all I have. Godspeed, church, everybody. I'm going to serve everybody. And unfortunately, my wife and kids were getting kind of left over, mm. Blake. And so we went on a, a mission trip to Honduras over the 4th of July. Where'd you guys go? We I, go to Tegucigalpa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've so been there. I've been there probably five times now. Yeah. There's an organization called Forgotten Children's Ministry that okay. we work with. So it took my whole family. Amazing. It's the first time we've all been together. Yeah. But I asked the Lord there. I just had a weighing on my heart. I said, Lord, I need some clarity. Yeah. Where can I go in my life? And I need you to show me. And I'll do whatever it is that you tell me to do. And he spoke mm. and let me know that I needed to walk away. And... So I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you." So sure. I don't have anything lined up. I'm not in. I'm not working now. I've got a lot of things that are on the table yeah. um, that I'm looking forward to pursuing. I really want to get into speaking more. Okay. I speak with Rick Burgess' company, The Man yeah. Church. So I speak on his little The Man Church speaking tours. So we go around in churches all along the southeast and right. kind of speak to different groups of men, different churches on you know what it means to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to continue doing that and then get into motivation spiritual driven conversations to you know corporations universities whatever it may be and that's like long term you know five or six years from now I'd love to have you know a pretty good platform there yeah whatever it is that I want to do that I get into next I really want to have a purpose I want to serve people so I've got some opportunities that are coming up that I'm, you know I hope that allows me to do that great sure. mm-hmm. talk to me about you and Whitney mm-hmm. so how long have you guys been married 15 years? 16 years. 16 yeah. years. We got married in 07, so yeah. So 16 years, they, th- they say 15 to 20 is a, is a strenuous time. Mm. We see it. I've sure. been married 18. I'm, yeah. we're, we're in it now. I mean, yep. it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about what you guys have done, the good things you guys have done in order to, and I don't want Sunday school answers, yeah. th- in order to keep a good marriage what are some good things you guys have done in the last, I don't know, two, three, four years, and even presently, that you've done to keep, I hate to say keep the fire, but like just keep good, good relationship with each other? Well, I think the most important thing, and honestly, Thomas, some of your Instagram stories and me following you is what gave me a lot of inspiration as far as dating, mm. right? What that, what that looks like yeah. and the whole concept of dating your wife. Yeah. Um, because for the longest, like I just mentioned, one of the main issues with me was 
I always told people I was like a shark, man. A shark stops swimming, he dies. When I get home at night after a long day at Godspeed, I sit down or I stop moving, I'm asleep. Mm, me too. And so I, I'm not present. Yeah. And so I had to really combat against that. And Whitney has been a saint for a lot of years. Wow. She's a great lady. I don't know her that well, but what I do she, know, she's awesome. <laughs> she is amazing. And she put up with a lot. Yeah. And... Now the shift for me is I really want to show her that she is my priority, right? And that I want to serve her and serve her well. And what that looks like is it starts with just being present. And so like being able to date your wife and whether it be just a a 30 minute walk, we've done a lot of walking, um, actually going, you know, actually on dates is is great, but people get this whole concept of, I've got to get reservations. We've got to do X, no. Y, and Z. It can be so simple, right? It can be just sitting on the couch and talking is what I've learned, right? I'm a big, when it comes to things like, hey, I'm going to plan a date. It's got to be just this perfect scenario. Same thing with like family worship time. We're going to have this, this beautiful Instagram looking <laughs> family worship. And then when I get frustrated when it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so what I realized know is, Jesus in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, so I kind of had to let things go. And it's all just, you know, you've got to kind of let the... The, the mindset of it's got to be this perfect looking thing, date, whatever it may be, and just realize that be in the moment, yeah. right? If, if I'm sitting on the couch without when the kids are asleep and we can just have a conversation, then that's really all she wants. And I would love to give that to her. Same thing with worship time. If it, if it just means that, hey, we're in the car right now and we're jamming out at some worship music and that was what we did. And then we got to talk about why we like that song so much. We weren't sitting around passing around Bible verses and memorizing no, no. scripture, but yeah. it was just, it's just being present. And yeah. I think from what, going back to your question with, with Whitney, it's, it's being present, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing what we as men of God are called to do, how sure. to lead, how to love, how to serve. Yeah. Talking about let's talk about date night because yeah. that's that was inspirational for us. Is like I realized years I don't know how many years ago that we weren't doing it, and then I realized that you know when we were in college, it's what your week was centered around. Sure, I mean when can I take Jackie out? When can I do this? And I felt extremely convicted. Mm-hmm. And us type A personalities. What do you do? You follow the Enneagram thing? Do you know anything about that? I've done it before, and if you asked me what I was, I couldn't okay. tell you. So. I th- we may be real similar. What is a, and and we committed to I committed to doing forty dates, which is was incredibly hard. Forty dates one year, and then last year we fell off a little bit. And we we I've settled on a good number for us is thirty. So I think I'm going to hit thirty this year. But I like having a goal. Yeah. Of like where are we at? Because a goal for me it's a metric of yeah. like hey how much have we done? And that may people might think that's silly, but like. Me setting a goal of dating my wife 30 times this year is something that's important to me. Not because I want to brag about dating 30 times, but because I know that if I've done that, I've put forth the effort. Yeah. So what's, a, what's just a good average date night for y'all? What do, yeah, it's just something that's – and, and so what's a good average date night? And then also, how many times a month do you think you're you and just you and Whitney are going out? Man, for the longest, it's been pretty poor. My average mm-hmm. – I've been striking out a lot, right? Yeah. So And you look at something you hear – 30 times in a year and you're like, how can you not do that? How can you not do 40 times in a year? That's not even that hard, but it's extremely difficult. And as we get, have gotten older, you know, you see a lot of families that really aren't families. They just coexist. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, especially when it comes to the husband and wife, they are coexisting to be chauffeurs and to take care of these children that they have. And what ends up happening is, when they're, the kids get out of the house, then you've got a husband and wife that really don't know each other anymore. Yeah. They've lost the connection. That's a fear of mine, though, bro. Absolutely. And yeah. so I remember seeing yours when you were putting it on social media, like, hey, we're going on 40 dates. Yeah. And I was like, wit, look at Thomas. 40 dates? That's, we can do that. And then all of a sudden I realized, you know, a month later, I was like, man, we haven't been on a date. And <laughs> Since so, we talked about it. <laughs> exactly, right? And so... I, that is one thing, honestly, I'm not going to sit here in front of you yeah. and just lie that I go on yeah. dates with Whitney all the time. It's one thing that I have struggled with. Yeah. And it's, it's a big part of the conviction that I'm feeling now moving forward is what do I want? I want the 30 to 40. I think between yeah. 30 and 40, because if you can shoot for one date a week, which is not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's not. You can say it, but at least if you're shooting for that. You know, if you come up a few weeks in a row where you don't get on a date, like that number 30 to 40 is still very realistic. Sure. Still extremely hard to hit. Yeah. But 
you know, I mean, you can cheat and be like, we're going on vacation. We'll count that as five, <laughs> that right? That is two. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, good. Um, okay, so last little bit. Yeah. Um, and then you can ask me anything you want. So a couple of questions. So you've got a 12, you said 12, 10, and 8. Mm-hmm. 12, 10, and 8, boy, girl, girl. Yep. What is your go-to activity with your kid? Mindless. Like you're not planning anything out. You get home mindless activity with your kids. What would be that? that? Oh, and they gosh. may be different yeah. from boy to youngest girl. I think we'll talk Colt first. Yeah. His is always something sports related. Throwing, One yeah. thing that we don't do in our house, which I'm actually uh, super thankful that we've avoided it, video games. There's no video I mean, game. Us, us either. There's no video game console. I think he yep. got an Xbox like three years ago for Christmas. And my rule was if it's not a football game or baseball game, you can't play it. And that turned into, well, I'm really never going to play. And so it sat on the shelf. It yep. was a wasted gift. But a lot of his is, you know, it's just throwing a ball, you know, playing catch in the house, outside house, whatever it may be. Right. 10 year old like i said she's the one that's into singing and playing piano she is such just a little adult she's my sweetheart she is if she's sitting next to me just hold my hand or you know we're talking she is kind of that old soul for a 10 year old she is just in that mindset so i really do not have to try to entertain or do things that would seem entertaining for her it's just we can sit there and just talk and that's what i love about her now my youngest We've got to be doing some kind of dance competition or she's got to be showing me. She loves for me to sit there and for her to say, dad, watch me dance. Watch yes. this. So do okay. this. And if I get up and happen to dance with her, she loves it. But it's just one of those things where let me just show you what I can do. That's great. Yeah. So talk to me about this. This is not a normal question that I asked, but it just hit me. Where do you guys at land on TV? Is TV a big thing in y'all's house? Is it, is it like, hey, we never watch TV. Hey, we have to get our kids off of because we like it. So talk to me about that. So I guess in our household, TV is really not the issue. We, we have TVs. We watch TV. Yeah. A lot of sporting events. There's some shows that we all like. Um, what I've had to combat against Witty of I is, you know, just screen time, right? They've got, they've got phones or devices that they can, you know, get the YouTube and they yeah. can watch it. So there's a lot of times where we have to instill like, hey, put the screen down. Do you have time limits that you guys set? Not strict time limits. Yeah. It's just one of those things to where we kind of get on them. Like they know that if when our mom or dad says, Hey, put the phone down or put the iPad down, yeah. then it's time to do something else. We spend a lot of time, fortunately for us together. Um, and when we are seeing a lot of this and I've, I've been guilty of that myself. Right. So sure. We try to combat against that. That's good. Yeah. What, who is your favorite follow on social media? Mm. Any platform doesn't matter. As of late, I've felt, I've, I love Tony Evans and his sermons. Really? I like okay. The last, gosh, I would say six months when I travel anywhere, I didn't listen. I don't listen to music. I just, I like to ride and I just let him play. Yeah. Um, I love his message. I love his passion. Yeah. Um, Non-faith related, I should say. I got a guy named Marcus Philly I follow. Like, yeah, on I know Instagram. him. I, yeah. love, I love his stuff. He has done a really good job. Marcus Philly, shout out to Marcus, has done a really yeah. good job. At He was a high-level CrossFit athlete mm-hmm. and transitioned to more of life. Yes. Life fitness, more like you and I. Functional, how can I be a great granddad? How mm-hmm. can I be in shape and not kill myself? Dude is solid. He's solid. And I just love his, his platform of... You know, you don't have to beat yourself up. It's just no. daily movement and incorporating consistency and incorporating nutritional habits that are healthy and just it's this whole balance in yep. life that I appreciate. I like him too. He's mm-hmm. good. What are you focused on learning right now? Like you got your time when you've been with the Lord, yep. but I'm learning this. What is that for you? So I'm trying to learn myself how to serve people in a capacity that's not gym related. For 17 years, my entire working existence has just been training individuals. Mm. So now it's trying to disassociate my identity of the coach from that aspect and how Man. to become a better leader on another aspect, yeah. right? How to take the, I guess, values or capabilities that I've had, yeah. you know, intangibles that I had to let what made me a great coach and learn how to apply that. I like I said, I really want to get into speaking. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 
reaching out and inquiring from people and asking them, you know, hey, help me make, how do I get better at just speaking? I love being on a stage. I like having a microphone in my hand. I like talking. I like trying to lead. And so how do I, how can I be better at that? All right, here's, this, here's, your, here's my answer. Yeah. So number one, I would start this. Sure. I would start some, some kind of podcast, mm-hmm. some kind of platform where you're talking to, talking with people. Yeah. Um, because you ever heard the Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. analogy where yeah. he goes, how do you get better at jo- writing jokes? And Jerry goes, this old guy told me this. He says, to get rid of writing jokes, you got to write jokes. And he said, so what I did is I put a calendar on the wall, huge calendar, and I wrote jokes every day. And he said, when I wrote, a, when I wrote jokes that day, when I had my time blocked off, I went over the calendar and I made a red X on that day. And he said, and I did it the next day. And then I did it the next day. And pretty soon it got to the point where I did not want to break the chain. Right. So for you, talk. Yeah. Come up with things that you know, number one. Because the right. last thing you want to do is talk about something that you don't know. Absolutely. You sound like a moron. Right. So find things that you know yeah. and deliver that message. Sure. There's nothing wrong with having a a podcast it's very inexpensive and you've got an iphone and you need to get a microphone because mm-hmm. it sound is is huge so start something and talk about things that you know like and and love yeah okay and do it as much as you possibly can yeah so i got a kid that i coached in college he's a heck of a singer shout out to slate adams he's six six 300 pounds he's a great guitarist and yeah never thought of me and i said hey dude what are you why am i never seeing you on any platform man coach I just don't do it. I'm like, dude, pull out your freaking phone. <laughs> yeah, do and it. Do it. And I said, it's gonna do nothing but make you better. Yeah. And so for you, like, let's do that. Yeah. Like, find if when it's talking to somebody, mm-hmm. whether it's just you delivering a message on something, do sure. that. There's a guy named DJ Hillier, mm-hmm. great friend of mine. It's so funny during the heavy CrossFit days when we were competing at the world level he was on Twitter and was following us and him and his buddy said, Hey, can we come hang with you? And it was very dangerous. It's very dangerous. <laughs> right. And the guy came down to live with Jackie and I for a week. Nuts. We have been great friends with him ever since. Very cool. And he has done, he's a little younger than you and I are, but he's done a great job at that. And he has a podcast and he's now he's speaking in schools and things like that. Yeah. So I will link you with him because sure. DJ's great, but also just speak. Yeah. Figure out. And also too, play yourself back and watch it mm-hmm. see when we talked about earlier yeah. see, are you pausing properly or all those different things fillers fillers yes exactly, exactly. so so do that so that's uh, i love that and if i can help in any way i will Absolutely. do that so two more questions what is your favorite vacation that you've ever taken up until i guess this past mission trip it was you know family beach trips were always great disney world trips this past mission trip that we took as a family to have all five of us there in honduras that's the best trip i've ever been on what's the your favorite vacation that you've never taken Ooh, good question i've always wanted to go on a two-week vacation week one we're in one place and week two we travel to another place it could be beach destination to mountain destination that's kind of what i'm envisioning sure so something along those lines that's wonderful all right last question are you a reader no perfect i don't even have to ask that question (laughs) (laughs) if it's not that i that's great i'm not a reader there's there's nothing wrong with that that's great (laughs) there's a lot of great people that aren't so um, before we wrap up, what do you have for me? Any questions for me that either I can help with or you need to know, want to know, whatever, because I'd love to help in any way that I can. Man, I think I've enjoyed watching your success. I mean, not, I, mean I don't know if all your followers know how deep your web goes, but I guess how do you juggle it all? How do you still, how do you do all the things that you do with the multiple things that you have your hands in? Sure. Still be the husband that you need to be mm-hmm. Jackie and the, and then the father you need to be to your kids. Uh, I've, I guess the biggest struggle we have right now is I can be a very, very good husband sometimes and be a very not good husband sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what I do from a business standpoint is I've 
Got a great team. And being the guy that owns the businesses, I can hire who I want to hire. And I don't probably don't make as much money as I could because if I didn't have two or three of these people, I would have more money, mm-hmm. but I would have a lot less time. Sure. So I've got a great non, I got a great kitchen staff, but I got a great non kitchen staff right. that can help with working through the marketing that can help with this podcast that can help with the payroll help all the different things that we do yeah. because if I were doing them all myself, it would be virtually, it wouldn't be impossible. It'd be very, very difficult to have any sort of life. Yeah. But if I can take these three or four or five things and Luke can do those and do those well and probably do them better than I can. And then I can take these two or three or four or five things and Sierra can do those and do them probably better than I can. And I can take Kristen and, and, the, and Ari and the list goes on and on and on of people that we can delve and that they do those things well. Sure. That's how I'm able to have, I don't even know how many businesses we run, but like that's how we can do that. Sure. So I overhire probably, make a little less money, but overhire just simply because. Um, you said time. Man, it's the most valuable currency on the planet. 100%. It is so valuable. And, you know, I got a, mine are 14, 11, and 7. And I realized that I don't have them long. No. Now, we redshirted all of ours. So I've got a 14-year-old eighth grader. Gotcha. An 11-year-old fifth grader. Okay. And a 7-year-old first grader. So all of ours are old for their grade. But we felt like the Lord said, hey, we want you to have another year. And I really do think that he said that because I worked so hard for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's honestly like a flywheel, Blake. When you work so hard for so long and you put people in place that you low love and trust, you can trust them to do those certain things. So um, I do not have it figured out. I just know that today I'm trying to figure out one more good thing that we can do to make, make life better and better for my family, better for my business, all those things. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. You got it. Um, this has been great. I have absolutely enjoyed it. (laughs) I've enjoyed catching up. I've enjoyed also hearing your story. If someone wanted to find you and ask you or ask you a question or say they have an opportunity, Mm -hmm. they want you to come speak. They want you to any of those things. I have no idea. I think that Blake would be do a hell of a job at running someone's business in some way, shape, form or fashion. I, I really, really do. I think that, He's got the work ethic. I think he's got the heart. I think he's got the soul as much as anything um, to make someone or partner with someone sure. and be an extreme success. So if someone wanted to find you, where would they find you? I guess the easiest, you know, on Facebook. You sure. Look me up, Blake Prime. Yeah. You know, that's the easiest one. Instagram, actually kind of took in a somewhat, it's funny, everybody's like, are you trying to be an influencer now? Mm-hmm. Because my Instagram is now primed for life. Yeah. It was Blake Prime. Yeah. Um, but then my email is just blakeprime1216 at gmail. That's so it. reach out. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I appreciate you, Thomas. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.